Partly cloudy and 16 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 6 o'clock. I'm Tony King. Calgary fire investigators are probing the cause after a two-alarm house fire in Citadel last night. Crews were met with smoke and flames when they arrived at Citadel Point Northwest at around 9 p.m. Keith Stahl with Calgary Fire says there were no injuries. Four homes were evacuated. All four homes were attached and there was damage to three of the four, some with smoke and fire and some with only smoke. A second alarm was turned in due to the confined space in which firefighters had to work. More news in a moment, but first 770 CHQR helicopter traffic brought to you by Truman. Overall, things are looking pretty good out there on your roads. Deerfoot, Glenmore, and Crowchild all sitting problem and delay-free. I am seeing a small slowdown on southbound Stony Trail as you pass through that paving in the northwest at Nose Hill Drive. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that and see if those delays develop into anything bigger. Already earning PC Optimum points on groceries and health and beauty? Well, you can earn even faster when you fuel up at Esso and Mobile stations. Visit pcoptimum.ca for details. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Brady Howard. The heat warning remains in effect for today but it should end tonight mainly sunny today the high 30 degrees clear overnight the low 14 tomorrow mixed sun and cloud with a risk of evening thunderstorms and a high of 26 more of the same on friday with a high of 25 currently in downtown calgary it's 16 degrees with kids due back in class in less than two weeks the province is still working on a set of guidelines to deal with possible covid 19 outbreaks in schools chief medical officer of health dr dina hinshaw was asked yesterday what it would take to re-examine the resumption of in-person learning in schools especially considering the rising number of coronavirus cases in edmonton there is no fixed threshold at this time Uh, But we would work again with the Ministry of Education, with individual school boards, and we are watching very closely the case counts in Edmonton. As you mentioned, it has crossed the 50 per 100,000 active cases mark. There are no additional public health measures required at this time in Edmonton. Henshaw says those complete guidelines for schools to deal with potential outbreaks will be available next week. Meanwhile, she is asking that 90,000 teachers and school staff throughout Alberta get tested for COVID-19 before the school bells ring. Dozens protested the government's school re-entry plan outside the education minister's Red Deer office yesterday. They're concerned the plan doesn't take into account special situations for vulnerable students. Educational assistant Elaine Cardinal worries there won't be enough EAs in classrooms this year as a result of government cuts. Are our classrooms set up safe enough for our students with special needs? They come with such a bundle of needs. With the cuts that this government has made to education, we are going to be at a huge loss. Among the demands is that each public board offer a home learning plan for children with complex needs and emotional supports and counsellors available to children at school. Meanwhile, Education Minister Adriana Lagrange will be meeting with the head of the Alberta Teachers Association today to talk about the government's back-to-school plan. The City of Calgary is moving on to Phase 2 of its Responsible Pet Ownership Bylaw Review. Jennifer Lawler with the city says phase one looked at a wide range of issues, including urban wildlife, feral, stray and roaming cats, licensing and vicious dogs. So what we heard from Calgarians in phase one engagement is that they wanted some harsher penalties for problematic animals. And we looked through our municipal scan at what other 
municipalities were doing around that. And what we've done is we've listed out those different varieties of options for people's input. Phase two is asking about whether there should be limits on the number of cats and dogs in a single home. The online survey will be available on the city's website for the next month. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau ordered thousands of documents connected to the We Charity controversy to be handed over directly to the Commons Finance Committee. It's being seen as an effort to get any controversy associated with them out of the way well before Parliament reopens following prorogation next month. Many of the documents support Trudeau's version of events that the federal public servants recommended We Charity administer a student service grant program. But the documents also suggest that Youth Minister Bardish Chagger helped get we on her bureaucrats' radar and political staff in Bill Morneau's office helped to keep it there. An evacuation centre has opened in Penticton for people living at more than 300 properties evacuated near Okanagan Falls. More than 3,600 properties in southeast Penticton have also been put on evacuation alert. We have more on that from Global's Jules Knox in Penticton. Heavy smoke is billowing from the rapidly growing wildfire about six kilometers north of Okanagan Falls. On Tuesday afternoon, the regional district of Okanagan Similkameen placing 319 properties under evacuation order in the Heritage Hills area. The city announcing people at more than 3,600 properties in southeast Penticton must be prepared at a moment's notice to flee their homes. BC Wildfire Service saying the Christie Mountain fire still expected to get bigger. From across the lake, trees could be seen candling. Air tankers also extremely active at the scene. The BC Wildfire Service saying the flames are burning in a very rocky, sloped terrain with limited access points for ground crews. As for the cause of the blaze, officials say that has not yet been determined. Jules Knox, Global News, near Penticton. It's 6.06, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 6.30. I'm Tony Kang. Good morning. I'm Jordan Witzel in the Global News Weather Center. A beautiful day today, but again, still in that heat warning. This is likely our last day of the uh, extreme heat. 30 degrees this afternoon with mainly sunny skies. Overnight tonight and into tomorrow, though, cooling down about 14 for tomorrow's low and a high of 26 degrees in the afternoon. Again, that should get us out of the heat warning. With a mix of sun and cloud, there is a risk of some thunderstorms Thursday evening. Into Friday, a mix of sun and cloud with a risk of afternoon thunderstorms, a high of 25 degrees and the weekend looks pretty settled a mix of sun and cloud through saturday and sunday with temperatures still in the mid-20s and the news and weather brought to you by rocky ridge retirement community enjoy vibrant seniors living now for more information visit rockyridgeretirement.com 607, I'm Sue DL. This is the morning news on 770 CHQR. Thank you for being part of the show with us. Uh, we always have your text line uh, open and ready for your comments, 403-974-8255. Coming up at 640 this morning, we'll check in with David Aiken from Global News talking about the cabinet shuffle that happened yesterday in Ottawa. What uh, could be the result? Some of the fallout from that. At 749, we're talking about cyber attacks. What if you're a victim or how to avoid being so? That in information on the way for you and coming up in just a couple of minutes we're talking about how to calmly navigate personal interactions during COVID-19 as we all start to get ready to go back to work and back to school we're not used to being outside of our bubble much anymore we'll talk about how to uh, how to make your way through all of those interactions and how you can uh, maybe just remember how to keep your distance and and be safe out there that's on the way for you coming right up it is uh, first though time for helicopter traffic at 607 
Truman. It is brought to you by West District by Truman. Life happens at hellowestdistrict.com. Deerfoot Trail sitting at a nine-minute drive southbound off the QE2 down towards Memorial Drive. Northbound lanes also sitting delay and problem-free out of Mackenzie Town and Mackenzie Lake all the way up to 17th Avenue. If you're continuing into the downtown core, Memorial Drive, a great option off of Deerfoot Trail towards the 4th Avenue flyover. Once you're in downtown, keep in mind there's ongoing construction at Center Street and 3rd Avenue southeast, so just south of the Bow River. You're going to see two-way traffic in effect there, as well as lane closures on 17th Avenue between Cloud Trail and 14th Street to help out with physical distance various right lane closures in both directions. Rush to your Subaru dealer for great rates starting from 0.5% at the Subaru staycation sale. Plus, enjoy a lease bonus of up to $1,000. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Brady Howard. Six oh nine now, and thanks to COVID, we've slowly built new routines centered on being at home or by ourselves in our own little bubbles. But as we start to enter various phases of reopening and increased contact, there are some out there who may feel uncomfortable interacting in person once again. So, with some details on how we might make it way our way through that, uh, we're joined by Assistant Professor of Organizational Behavior at Queen's University, Laura Reese. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. I mean, we're not talking about how to just, you know, socialize so much as what do you do if maybe somebody comes near you, wants to give you a hug, or they're standing too close to you at work or or getting into an elevator, say. Those are the kind of interactions we're talking about, correct? That's exactly right. And it's it's great that you bring that up because one of the, the interesting things I think about this COVID situation is that we negotiate every day, all day. We just don't think about it in that sense. But now that we haven't been interacting in the same way, kind of going back to what we or trying to go back closer to what we used to consider normal now really feels really different. Um, and, and it's kind of making it more salient, I think, that we do need to negotiate some of those sort of rules of interpersonal interaction that we're, we're really just not used to having to negotiate. What do you think is key? Is it sort of, you know, before we even leave our homes and, and get back out into the world is, is to prepare and, and maybe plan ahead as to what we're going to do should someone try to give you a hug or, or just figuring out what you're going to do when you go back to the office, for example? That's exactly right. I think practice and planning beforehand are the two most important steps to any negotiation. The more you can sort of think through different scenarios, have a backup plan. In the article, we talk, I talk about how it's called a BATNA, the best alternative to a negotiated agreement. And it's a thing that you'll do. And simply having that comfort of thinking, if this situation happens, then I'll do this behavior, gives you sort of psychologically and physically even a really concrete alternative that makes it less stressful in the moment than when you're faced with a situation um, that in this case you would have anticipated or even practiced for and that then makes it less stressful if you hadn't tried to think through some of those options beforehand. It's a great point and you're referring to uh, an article in theconversation.com and, and psychological comfort. I mean, it can really you know, start playing on your mind if you, if you start thinking about those scenarios and you don't have a plan. Before you even get to them, you've kind of psyched yourself out. Right, right. And the more you can sort of deal with that in advance and think, I, I, I have this, I know what to do, I have several options, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in my ability to handle this situation, that actually reduces the threat and in a stressful situation. Even if it's not exactly the scenario that you imagined, it's close enough that you can immediately think of a few options. And we know that, you know, we, in, in a stressful situation, if we haven't practiced it or haven't run through it, we tend to, to fall back on, on what's called overlearned routine. So mm-hmm. this kind of knee-jerk reactions, automatic reactions. And so the more you can actually 
sort of practice and think through positive overlearned routines that you want to engage, the more helpful it will be. We see this all the time in firefighters and medical personnel and et cetera, who practice those stressful situations so that they have an option and, and sort of have rehearsed those those alternatives before they even approach the scene. Hey, it's a new world, so we need to uh, start thinking about that and practicing what might happen when we go back to work, back to st- school, etc. And I think, you know, one of the keys in the article, too, is that w- we shouldn't take it personally because everybody has a different situation, whether it's their own health, their family, how they're feeling in terms of comfort over this virus, and, and we need to respect that, right? Yes, exactly. And we can't know everything that another person is facing. And so when you sort of take a step back and really think about the situation from a problem-solving perspective. It makes it less tense. It makes it less personal. It's more, hey, we're in this situation. Maybe we didn't mean to be, but how do we address this so that we both walk away whole? We can both walk away happy and safe so that we can address, you know, my concerns for, for XYZ, but also those concerns that I don't know that you have or the reasons for your behavior that can also make you walk away whole too. I like that you sort of refer to it as a micro-negotiation because not only is it one within yourself and your own mind, but with all of those that you're going to encounter as you're wandering around the world these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I tell my students all the time when I teach negotiation, particularly, it's often something that we don't like. Uh, Most people just really think that they don't enjoy negotiations. But I think that part of that is a problem of how we tend to think about negotiations. When you realize that you're actually doing it all day, every day, if you've ever agreed with a friend about what activity to do or with a family member about who's doing some chore, those are all negotiations. And so when you sort of, when you put it in that perspective, you take away a bit of the mystique and the stress of thinking, I need to figure out what to do in this tense negotiation situation. It's no, you, you actually have been practicing this your entire life. So true. So your advice moving forward, do you have any, uh, a couple of tips for us maybe to, to, to you know, think about as we, as we head into this new world as of, of going back really in September? Right. You know, the, the only thing I would offer is, is just to say, I think the joy of human behavior is that when you're dealing with humans, there's no, there's never a single right answer that will always work. So again, sort of thinking about, Every interaction is a, is a micro-negotiation and practicing and planning and, and getting in that problem-solving mindset really can help you, I guess, enjoy the process a little bit more and, and really take other people's perspectives to be kind to each other. It's, it's really easy, I think, in this time to let our emotions get carried away instead of being productive with them to, to get kind of swept up in the moment. And the more you can actually think about it as, as a mutual problem that you can solve and keep you both happy, um, often that works really, really well. Great points. Thank you so much for joining us, Laura. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. That's Laura Reese, Assistant Prof of Organizational Behavior at Queen's University in Ontario. Are you concerned about, you know, are you maybe going back to work in September or are you going to be in an environment, whether it's school, work, whatever it might be, where you'll be around people more and you're you're kind of worried about it? I know I've talked to a lot of parents who are worried their kids are going back to school, they'll be around people more and they're a little bit hesitant about it because it's just a, a new world for us right so is that something that's that's bothering you or do you have any advice you want to share with us you can text 403-974-8255 let us know how you're feeling about that um, as we look to the west and we look into bc they're looking at some stricter penalties and perhaps even police enforcement over covid19 regulations in british columbia and uh, they've had some spiking numbers there and they are looking at maybe some penalties for rule breakers. The minister, Adrian Dix, said they are meeting to map out a surveillance and an 
Enforcement Plan. That plan will come into effect later this week. And uh, he said after it's announced by the province's attorney general, they'll put it into practice. And that could mean stricter penalties. Local police might even be part of that enforcement program. They say they don't want to let a few wreck it for the great majority. So that's the reason they are taking action. Now, here in Alberta, you heard some of the numbers yesterday from Dr. Dina Hinshaw putting some context behind the numbers as the province's schools get ready to reopen. And the our province's top doctor saying that we have to understand the, the numbers as they've given them out. Um, Alberta, over the past week, averaging about two new cases per 100,000 population per day. That compares with average rates of more than 25 new daily cases per 100,000, say, in Florida, Georgia, and Texas, where school reopening issues have been identified. So, I mean, we are in good shape here. We've gotten a handle on that little bit of a spike that we started to see at the beginning of August. And I think, you know, we just have to remember, yes, the death rate is, it's, it's small and it's affecting our aged population, our seniors. So we need to be aware that it's, you know, more about avoiding the sickness, passing it on, if at all possible, trying to keep things under control. And frankly, for me as a parent, trying to keep my kids healthy going back to school. It's uh, 617 now and it's time for helicopter traffic for West District by Truman. Enjoy spectacular views of the city skyline and the Rocky Mountains. In the northwest, seeing delays on southbound Stony Trail approaching the paving at Nose Hill Drive. It's a small slowdown right now. We'll keep an eye on it and see if it uh, builds into anything more serious. But right now, things are moving just a little bit slower than normal. Westbound 16th Avenue also seeing a delay around Beaufort Road due to some lane closures in the area for construction. Things do open up, though, as you head out onto the Trans-Canada Highway. Crowchild Trail moving smoothly out of the northwest. It's a 10-minute drive from Stony Trail down towards the Bow River Construction Zone. And it looks like both Memorial Drive Drive and Bow Trail heading off Crowchild towards downtown, nice and smooth towards 14th. A message from Canadian Blood Services. Blood donors are needed to fill over 1,400 appointments in Calgary this month. Appointments are required. Book now at blood.ca. For the 770 CHQR Traffic Helicopter, I'm Brady Howard.